When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fish Stripes and Filtered episode 30. We have made it to 30 episodes. So you guys, you could say 60 weeks. I think that's how it is. But you, could, I mean, it's definitely been more. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus since the Marlins season end. But you guys had Fishology. We've got the official show. And today we have a big special guest. But before that, Isaac Azut. How are you 30 episodes in? It's been a wild yeah. ride. But the offseason is here. I believe this is episode one for us of the offseason. So we do have a good chunk of things to talk about. Yeah, definitely. I've been doing this for over a little bit over the, a year now with you, Kevin, and it's been a, a lot of fun. So very excited to get into episode number 30 with you. And yeah, the World Series ended a few days ago, and here we are, first one of the offseason. And today we have someone who was there for all games. We have Daniel Alvarez-Montes. Danny, how are you? Jeopardy King as well on Fish Stripes. So <laughs> how are you? And we're very, very excited to have you on. Cool. Thank you, man. I, I, I really appreciate it. Um, happy to be back with you. I think I was on for... Like what? When the lockout ended. Three, four, I don't know. You're on very uh, early. <laughs> like very, very early. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool to be here. Yeah, so let's start off with the World Series. You were there, um, and I want to get into the atmosphere first and just your overall experience at the World Series. And I want to talk about Citizens Bank Park. This is the first time since 2011 that the Phillies were in the World Series. And it must have been crazy. The atmosphere must have been some of the best you'll ever be at, Danny. I mean, is is that the right way to say it? Absolutely, absolutely. I've been to I've been to very important games in in the Caribbean, WBC, Game Sevens, um, All Star games, and maybe the the one the one thing I can compare to to that atmosphere was the World Baseball Classic in 2017 with the DR and the US. Uh, because it was something crazy. I mean, w- when I got to to Philly that off day, I I went around the city, drove up to New Jersey, and I saw everything in red and green, of course, with the Eagles. But <laughs> red <laughs> uh, <laughs> people supporting the the team, and then on on day on on game day, uh, that that was crazy. And to see the the whole the whole team the whole city supporting supporting the team, 
and rooting for them and and just showing all the passion what was something very special uh, i i knew that when when the AL, when the NLDS and NLCS the place was packed and crazy and and mm-hmm. buzzing but when harper hit that homer of McCullers on game 3 in the first inning i thought we were just going down like the the way the seats were shaking <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I told my mom, like, what the hell is going on? I mean, this is crazy. I've never felt something like this before. The pitch swung on. Hit deep. Yes. Right field. And the Phillies <laughs> are going to lead it. Yeah, they are. Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top with a two-run home run over the out-of-town scoreboard. Simply amazing. Harper here at home has homered on back-to-back swings. Listen to this. It was very special to to see, to feel, you know, sad for them that they didn't win. But at the same yeah. time, the Astros and, and Houston deserve it so much. Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy because the rain out sort of moved their one of the home games to share a Sunday night football game with the Eagles. And I assume that didn't have any effect on, on the buzzing crowd as it is big for that game, right? Yeah, uh, the, it was the Thursday game. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, I, it, it was it was the, the Eagles facing the Texans. Right. So right. it was. I mean, you had both fan bases against each other for two different sports. Uh, yeah, yeah. it it moved the plans for for fans and also for media. Like I had to run and change the the flights, <laughs> reservations, everything. So it was a, kind of a crazy. I don't know, three to four hour moments because when when we got there, like I thought it, we were going to play, but really late that night and. Every person I talked to, they were like, no, there's no way we're playing tonight. I'm like, okay, let's see. Let's see how it goes. But anyway, because you were covering the World Series, you were able to be at Lone Depot Park for the introductory press conference with Skip Schumacher. I'm sure you were watching. Uh, what were your takeaways You know, from Skip, Kim, and Bruce just sort of doing the whole the whole conference in front of the media? I, I like everything I, I saw. Um, the just Just what Skip said. The, the attitude he he shows the the knowledge he shows as well it's it's something uh, pretty pretty important for this ball club I wasn't expecting too much from from Kim or Bruce either um, but but Skip was 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 very nice and I'm, I'm very looking forward to to see him um, the, the moment I can't uh, I can can't wait to to meet him personally I've talked to some of the players that I have talked to him. Over the last couple of weeks, and everything I'm hearing is very, very good, extremely encouraging. So, uh, I think that's that's a good sign. That's a good start for 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 Skip and his tenure here in Miami. Yeah, and Isaac, I want to ask you since you were there, what were your thoughts of being there? I, I assume you you spoke to him at some point. So, yeah, I was, get your quick thoughts. Yeah, I was able. Me, Christina, and Jordan, and I were able to talk to him privately after the big, you know, presser in front of everyone. Even Marlon season ticket holders were able to ask him some questions. Uh, he had, you know, a session with just the local media, and he's just a very intelligent, you know, articulate guy who just knows what he's doing. He felt very fortunate that he was able to be a bench coach for, for the Cardinals during the 2022 season. He thought he explained it. He thought he was going to be going to the World Series, but you know, early round exit to the Phillies, to the eventual NL champions, was sort of sort of hurt. But yeah, he was very nervous during the interview process, and uh, I'm very excited to get to know him even more. I guess the other guy we can ask Danny about is Oswald Campbell. He was in attendance for that as well as our first time sort of speaking with him. What are your thoughts on Oz being the uh, another assistant for uh, Kimming? 
Well, it's it's encouraging as well because when when you see everything us was able to accomplish and the Astros were able to accomplish, um, or have been able to accomplish for the last decade, I mean half a half decade, it's it's something um, crazy uh, to see that talent coming out of nowhere in the DR or or Venezuela signing with those low signing bonus and making it that far and being elites at the highest stage of baseball it's something that that really encourages you because it's i think that what the marlins need more than obviously good players in the big leagues in the minor league system is to get that know-how and and develop that culture that development um you know to, to have their development side stronger and bring being able to bring us from houston it's going to help them a lot on, on that on that side and Every person I talked to in Houston during those days, when when I mentioned his name and, and when people saw me and recognized it, like, hey, you're from Miami, Oz is going there, and that's awesome for for the Marlins. Like, hmm. I some many, but I mean, some guys on, on the Astros told me like, good for him, but damn, this is a loss for us because he he he's gonna be so good with the Marlins, and he was so good for for Houston. So, hmm. yeah, I I really like this move. Yeah, and just to, I guess, like some of the names that he did acquire, and you could correct me, guys, if I'm wrong, but one of them was Christian Javier, one of them was? Or Javier, Javier Valdez, Garcia. Jose Urquidy, um, I know, was one. Urquidy as well. He he was very high on Jordan Alvarez before he signed with the yeah, I heard. And, of course, he was the number one guy behind Jordan uh, when they traded him for Josh Fields in 2016. It seems mm-hmm. crazy to me that... That was the trade. You know, it's not that they traded someone who held the Dodgers in the 2017 run to get there. No, it's that they traded Josh Fields for that monster. So <laughs> hopefully, he can bring some of that to Miami. And, it, and not, I want to make this clear: not because we, not, not because the Marlins have us Ocampo now, means that they're going to be just like the Astros. You need more people to execute mm-hmm. those. Um, yeah, and and hopefully having him. In the front office is going to help those those people to execute the way they should. Yeah, that's actually yeah. something that Tim mentioned is having you know more three minds is better than one in that general manager Absolutely. position. So I totally agree with her and you there. I guess that sort of transitions us into what we can expect this off season. Obviously, some moves have sort of been trickling down, just roster, those small roster moves. But I'm just thinking, what can we expect? Obviously, this team will never be able to you know compete with the Mets with free agent signings, as we know, the Mets just did 102 million dollars. For a relief pitcher, not Edwin Diaz, um, but what can we expect for this offseason? Where do you, what needs do you see need to be filled for this Marlins team to be able to be a little bit more competitive? Well, obviously, offense. It's it's number one. Um, you, you saw how how the offense performed in in twenty twenty two or underperform, I should say, um, because that that was really awful. Uh, at some during some points of the season, you thought, hey, maybe. They have something going on here, but yeah. you need to get more out of Cooper, Garcia, um, Soler, and see what you're going to do with that third baseman position, Wendell, Anderson. I really think they, they will stick to that middle infield combo with Jason and, and Rojas. Mm-hmm. And then going from there, that you, you can upgrade like in, in those positions at center field, third baseman. Um, see what, what what you're going to do in, in, in the catching position. I mean, there are so many things that they have to attack on the offensive side. Uh, 
and 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 that's what I what I expect them to do. Maybe I, I don't know if signing uh, big free agents is going to be the not not the solution, but I don't think they're going there. Not right. from what I've heard and what I've talked to people on, in the organization. I think they will try to move some pieces in the minor leagues or even the big league team to acquire those bats that are going to help them be more competitive next year. Um, because they they know they the Marlins right now they cannot compete against giving a hundred millions to a reliever mm-hmm. or having the fills and giving more than 200 combined to Schwarber and Castellanos yeah. or having the Braves signing more mm-hmm. people and, and, and things like that. And, and they're not going to do it. And and if they do it, well, they they committed more than 100 with or almost close to 100 with Soler and Garcia. And you see how that played out. And they could be now even desperate to move those contracts because of how much they're paying them. Um, okay. So I think they, they will try to be smarter uh, by acquiring those pieces, trading players, and yes, they they could sign one player here or there, but I don't I don't see them spending big time as Drew Sherman promised this last offseason. <laughs> yeah, and then you, you talk about trading. I mean, we, we've heard the names in the past, and I want to start with one of them, and then there was a small report today with Toronto, but we'll get into that in a bit. Brian Reynolds, <laughs> the name we've been probably hearing since 2021, the last trade deadline. Do you think it maybe happens this year? I mean, after a down year, you would have maybe assumed the price goes down a little bit as well. Now less years of control with a guy like Brian Reynolds who would man down the center field. He'd be your center fielder. So you would lock down a position and you would kind of clear out some of that immense depth that this team has at the pitching on the pitching side because not all the guys are going to end up in, in the Miami Marlins rotation. You could pre- you could say Yuri's going to be a lock for some point. That guy's untouchable. Max yeah. Meyer probably at some point when he comes back. You don't know what will happen with guys like Jake Eater, Dax Fulton, and you maybe you, you mentioned Trevor Rogers and Braxton Gary. You don't know yeah. what those guys are gonna end up being. So, do you think it happens, and what would the price be for someone like Reynolds or either Lopez or Edward Cabrera? Um, yeah, like I, I don't think any of those guys are, are untouchable. I mean, if you're not named Sandy or Yuri, you're basically good to go. If 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 they find the right the right package, of course. Um, mm-hmm. but I, 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 I can't see it happening this year more than last year for those two things that you mentioned, Kev, I mean, that, that were key. Um, obviously Reynolds had a kind of a down year and also one less year of control makes, makes a difference. I think now the the pirates will listen more, uh, for, for Reynolds more than what they did last year. Um, because of, because of that, because team teams knew that the price was going to be so high for for him, and now after a low 2022 and um, being one year closer to to free agency, it's it's, it's going to be a difference. Um, so yes, I could see I could see the Marlins being more aggressive for him. I could see the Marlins being more aggressive, pointing to the AL East or AL Central for some pieces yeah. as well. So. <laughs> Uh, I I could see teams, for example, like the Tigers, let's say, um, looking to get pitching, but also some minor league bat that the Marlins could have. Uh, And and the Tigers have guys in in their system and also their big league ball club that can play different positions and can hit and can run. So um, they are obviously... I mean, that's going to be... 
I what I think is going to be the target for them to get more guys like Wendell type or mm-hmm. Anderson type that can yeah. play different positions, but also that they can hit even better. Mm-hmm. So that'll be my 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 guess. Not not my guess. Uh, well, yeah, kind of a guess, but also what I think they're going to do based on what I've been yeah. hearing. Speaking of professionals, Joey Wendell is a professional hitter. Take that, runners in scoring position. It's a change up in the middle of the plate. Joey Wendell, head down, swings through that baseball right there, stays up the middle. Yeah, it makes sense because if, if you can combine speed and, and contact, especially with how baseball is going to look next year. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, if we, if we are still on, a, on the era of shifting, I would say, you know what, maybe forget about that and get power. But now it could be a little different with guys maybe being able to run a lot, a lot more on the bases and have it knowing that if you pull a ball, there there won't be a fielder in that position that's going to yeah. uh, stop you from getting a hit, you know? Yeah. Um, really quick on Reynolds, Danny. Obviously, the Marlins struggled defensively in center field, offensively as well. Ryan Reynolds was one of the worst defensive center fielders in all of baseball this mm-hmm. year. And I, I think part of it could be, you know, a little bit fluky, but, you know, Lone Depot Park is very large and it's tough for any outfielder. So is that something that would worry you and, you know, bringing in someone? I think, he, what is it now, three years of control left? So is that something that would worry you defensively-wise? Definitely, definitely, because we we know center field is not easy. As you mentioned, Lone Depot Park is huge mm-hmm. and you need a good defender. And, and we saw that. I mean, we saw how... Jesus Sanchez struggled. We saw how John Birdie, when he played there, struggled. And, and many players have struggled playing there. And left field, for some reason, left field. I think it's cursed at Lone Depot. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's something that worries me. And I, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised because, obviously, you expect um, power from your corner outfielders. Yeah. And if you, ha- you can, if you can have a center fielder that can hit for power, like Marte, he's not a home run hitter, but can hit for, can hit for power. Um, obviously, Marte is one one of a kind. Um, you'll yeah. be you'll be good with that. But you also saw, for example, what the Astros did this year yeah. with Chas McCormick. Yeah. He he didn't hit, but he played elite defense, and he saved them from he saved them in in Game Five. Yeah. I mean, it could have been one win away from losing the World Series if it wasn't for yeah. McCormick and and the catch he made in in Philly. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Marlins go all in with a defensive center fielder because yes maybe he's not going to give you that many runs with his bat but he's going to save you those runs with his glove by playing good center center field and so that's sort of what they did i think in their previous world series appearances with jake marisnik a former marlin they had him playing a lot of center field in those pivotal playoff postseason games so yeah that was interesting another player that we sort of Wanted to talk to you about. I'm sure he's one of your boys. Uh, Gabriel Moreno was reported that Toronto does want to uh, move one of their catchers. I've never seen an organization have that much catching depth already ready for the big leagues. Yeah. Not a match made in heaven for Miami, or do you think they want to give Stallings a little bit more time? The the thing with with Stallings is that you know you're gonna get a good uh, defender behind home play, even right. though he he wasn't as good as last year. Obviously, when you when you win a Gold Glove, um, the standards pretty high. Uh, but, yeah. but in, and and he wasn't that good this year. But the way Pablo Sandy trusts him, it's it's key. And, and Moreno, even though he's mature, being that young, I think that he he needs more time to 
fully develop on that side. Honestly, I think he's a great prospect. Um, I remember breaking the news when when he yeah. when he was called up and and uh, I covered his debut in in Detroit. Like I yeah. had that trip planned to 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 Amigi three thousand hit ceremony, but I was lucky enough to see him make his debut that day, and and I think it's he he's just a special kid. So yeah, I I would like to see. No, the Marlins going going for him this off season, um, and see what can what can they do to to develop uh, that side of you know calling the game and and being able to communicate better with the pitch with the pitchers. And the fact that you yeah. mentioned that, I totally agree because I I do agree with you that he needs more time a little bit, and that sort of maybe correlates well with Miami because you know they did just get Stallings, and I think Stallings would be the first half catcher for the entire. Uh, regular season next year, so I think that would be actually a perfect. Which starting pitchers would Toronto be looking for major league ready? Would they be looking major for league ready? Major yeah. league ready. Yeah. Cabrera, I, I think I think we 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 saw it um, with who who was yeah I mean in in the in the playoffs they that they needed that pitching um, and and that extra starter and I I really see the the Blue Jays going for that pitching they they were close last year I think that Kikuchi signing them yeah Kikuchi he was uh, and Ryu was hurt um so they they Barrios wasn't Barrios Barrios wasn't as good Barrios Barrios sometimes looked like the worst pitcher in baseball and then the next day he would have struck out twelve in six shutout innings and, and, and that was the problem with, with Jose and, and I love him as a pitcher and he's one of the greatest guys in baseball. But but he was so inconsistent. But I think that they will look for uh big league pitching and, and they, they were they weren't that far last year with, with Miami. I think that um the the lockout really um froze that those plans because they were not that far away from making a trade with Miami. Yeah, and that's kind of where I wanted to shift to because the name we heard last offseason was Pablo and Eliezer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we heard Alejandro Kirk, Gabriel Moreno, but I wanted to shift in on Pablo Lopez specifically. What what do you think would happen this season, this offseason with Pablo? How much do you think they would entertain this opportunity to trade Pablo after not doing it in, in, on, in the trade deadline after, you know, seeing Luis Castillo going for the amount of prospects that he did. You kind of maybe after that would have assumed, man, Miami really should trade Pablo Lopez if the pitchers on the market are going for that much because they got one of the best prospects in Noel V. Marte, for example, with the Luis Castillo trade and, and a lot more. And do you think the value now would be higher than it was at the trade deadline or do you think that value definitely went down after Pablo's second half? I guess you could say struggle. It was an up and down roller coaster for him then. But I think there are two ways to see it with Pablo and his second half. If you want to see it as, you know, with, with the results, <clears throat> then he lost value. But if you want to see it as a guy that for the first time was able to pitch 180 innings and a, and a full season, that's a win. And that's something that teams might go and say, oh, there's something there. He showed that he can be healthy. So maybe if we can develop something else in in his pitches um, and we give him a, a work plan for for the offseason then he can have another not not 180 he can have 190 195 because he has that type of talent and 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 go for it so i think the marlins are in a very difficult position with pablo because i think that if if you trade pablo for prospects that means you're maybe 
not going all in in 2023 to compete. Yeah. That that's what that would mean for me. Now, if you go and you stick to Pablo and give him a four a three year extension, then you are okay. I I want Pablo and Sandy to be my my one and two for a long time, and then they can they can move a piece like Edward or Daxton or whoever they want to move in the minor league system to get those bats that they need to compete now. So yes, they they I'm sure they're talking about it uh, and seeing what what the best scenario could be for them because it's it's a really tricky situation. I I don't think that. The results that he had on the second half will affect him. I think it, it might just help him because he showed that he can be healthy for a for a hunt for a full season. So um, that opened some eyes for for the other teams. Yeah, and then I guess the other question with Pablo would be: What teams do you think would have the interest? I know, as we could see in the Heyman report, the Yankees were close yeah. to making that deal with Glaber. But I mean, a team like like St. Louis would love to have a player like Pablo, yeah. as well as the Dodgers, who I assume would also be able to want pop would like Pablo. And you know, and then we think of another Marlin that was almost that was you know spoken of was Garrett Cooper that the Dodgers showed interest. And in. I don't know about that Astros report. I'm still not sure that was true or not. I believe it wasn't, but. I, um, I I think I think I think the Astros won't won't be an option, uh, especially because of how yeah. you know their their depth um, and having to move pieces there to to get a pitcher. I I don't think they'll do it first. Maybe they they'll sign Verlander rather than 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 trading. Same with the Dodgers. I think that the Dodgers might sign someone like Brinker show back, go for Verlander or any other. Pitcher yeah. that that will be available, Rodon, for example, I think will be a great fit for them. Um, but in terms of Pablo and possible destinies, yes, the Yankees are a team. I would add the Blue Jays. I would add the um, Orioles. Um, Orioles could be yeah. um, Pirates in a potential Reynolds deal. Um, I could see the Cardinals in the Central, and maybe one ball club. In, in the NL West, like either the Giants or or the Padres, asking for him in in need of that one more guy for for their rotation, especially the the Giants. I mean, they need more than one, but the Padres they were they were not that far, so maybe a starter like Pablo could could help. I'm curious. As mentioned- Sorry, I'm, I'm curious why you you know you mentioned Pittsburgh a couple times with Pablo. I was going to ask that too. Why would Pittsburgh won, you know, Pablo, just, he's got two years left. They don't seem very close. Maybe they would take a flyer on Edward or someone younger for someone like Yeah, Edward. because of how he could be controllable and he could be some someone that might yes. help them. No, I, I, I wouldn't say make them compete now, but at least, at least accelerate the process with, with them and wanting to be closer to, to compete. So I... I could see them asking at least for for Pablo in a potential deal for for Reynolds. Yeah. Although, yes, maybe it makes more sense to have uh, get like Meyer Cabrera um, or any of the either Fulton. I don't know. All right, and I want to wrap it up with some World Baseball Classic talk. It's coming back, twenty twenty three. Sexy, um, yeah. And the only real players yeah. we've heard, the only player, the only Marlins we've heard committed are Jazz to Great Britain. We've heard um, ooh, Richard Blyer to Israel, Ryan Lavardo to Israel, I think Jake Fishman also. Jake Fishman. Yeah. yeah. 
any other that, Marlins we could that, that, and we're that's, still that's, on. that's for Noah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Noah, if you're watching, there you go. Shout out to Noah. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there are players from, from the team that, that will go, um, but of course, they need permission from, from their ball clubs, uh, the, the ball club, and Sandy and Pablo are number one, they're num- number one. Yep. names that, that that come to my mind, especially if, if you want them to see to, to to start that inaugural game, you know, with the DR and, and Venezuela. That's the dream of all of us to to have both going there. Although I don't yep. think it will happen because I I don't see Pablo going against um, the DR, um, but that's another topic. Why but not? yes, maybe because I don't think they will want Pablo to go against that lineup. I think yeah, Pablo yeah. might be a guy for Puerto Rico the next day. And then to, maybe you can have a guy like Ranger Suarez, Luzardo, or Martin Perez against um, mm. the DR. Especially with what Ranger showed this October. Uh, the biggest stage for him in in the World Series, winning that game, that game three. I think. You mentioned Luzardo? Yeah, Luzardo. 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 him gone? 100%. 100%. He he wants to play. Venezuela wants him to to play, and and he's fully committed. I, I mean, of course, they, for pitchers more tricky, and they need permission. But I see Luzardo 100% playing with with Team Venezuela. Um, then, yes, Jazz with with Great Britain. That yep. that could be something interesting, and especially since he's playing shortstop for them. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think and I think it's good for the tournament. I think the tournament. This is gonna be great. I, I hope yeah. you guys really can can make it because this is gonna be the greatest tournament ever. Um, will Acuna be able to play for Venezuela? I think yes, he will. He will. Um, he's playing five games in winter ball. Right. Beginning in like in two weeks. Okay. So if the Braves gave him permission to play to play five games in Venezuela, yeah. they're definitely giving him permission to play yeah. in the WBC. They better. If not, I will personally show at Alex Antopoulos' office in. Uh, <laughs> Arizona County to to discuss that. I, oh, I will personally do it, but no, uh, he he will play. He he knows he he will play. Obviously, the Braves were skeptical with that, and and um, they they were like, hey, yeah, we we rather have you waiting and getting ready, getting fully healthy. But he he will play in the WBC. And then I guess uh, the final player I wanted to go for it, Isaac. My bad. Uh, just I guess sort of how that sort of answers my question. Just you know how much you know some people love the World Baseball Classic. If you were a GM, if I were a GM, I'd be so I would be a little bit more reluctant just to let some of my star players go play in these tournaments. I don't know what your thoughts are, but look at some people are just so in love with this tournament, me myself included. So I just your thoughts on maybe you know letting someone like Acuna who's coming off an injury, letting someone like Pablo or Sandy who just threw 200 innings for the second year in a row. Go play in this, you know, intense tournament. Once you be worried a little bit that yeah, Stanton Yelly played in 2017. I was worried, scarless how she was Stanton. Yeah, but but they were they were they were kind of established at that point, and they were like both Stanton and Yelly finished healthy. That's not the case with with Ronald, for example, and 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 that's a good point that that you bring, Isaac, because it's every GM's fear, you know, to to have a player getting hurt yeah. um, before. I mean, because what happens if the player gets hurt in a regular spring training game? Right. It, it, it's an better. injury. You it's an better. injury, but you feel better because you say, okay, at least it was with us, not right. without us, like right. fully watching on watching him or on, on with the player, right? Yeah. 
and that's the 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 biggest enemy of the of the tournament the time of the year and teams not letting players um play like you see totally the opposite and we're seeing it now with the world cup in qatar uh, you, you won't see barcelona telling uh, or psg telling argentina <laughs> sorry psg telling argentina like <laughs> Um, hey, don't play, don't play Messi for 90 minutes. Play him for 45 just because we don't want him to get hurt. Right. Now we're seeing players that will miss the, the World Cup because they got hurt with their local teams. So it's totally the opposite in, in, in MLB. Mm -hmm. But I think that at the same time, teams uh, MLB as an organization should be able to tell the teams like, hey, you got to consider your... Let, let, letting your players play because this is just going to be better for the tournament. Also, the teams will say yes, but it's better for my tournament if my players are healthy. You know, so that's that's the tricky part. And, and there's not a better time in, in the year to do it than March, and that's already a bad time mm -hmm. because you're going to do it right after the World Series. You can't stop baseball season for two weeks like they do in hockey. Mm -hmm. to have the tournament in let's say in july like it like let like let's say in se instead of the all-star game we have the wbc that'll be great but oh, yeah. but there's no way the league yeah. stops for two weeks just for that tournament because they yeah. can get hurt there as well right. so yes it, it's complicated but now because yeah. of how important it's becoming the tournament for the players um think that teams might be uh able to let them do it um and, and obviously the tournament itself with the with the way it's being played especially with the pitchers they cannot go they can't go more than 65 pitches in the first round and they cannot pitch in back-to-back -back days so it's basically the same way they treat any spring training schedule for them right. uh, and yeah. i think that's that's what helps uh teams letting more of their their players go off the top of your head do you recall any big scenario where a team declined a player wanting to go like a star player that really wanted to play and they said they simply said no felix hernandez wow when was this oh. in felix in 13 um oh. like so a, the last a, one he no in, no 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 the previous one Fe like king felix he wanted to play in 13 and he came off a big 2012 yeah perfect but, game that year no or yes perfect game that year yeah but um I remember the Mariners um, telling him, "Nope, <laughs> no way, they're not playing." And and we needed that pitching, uh, like and for no good reason, like just yeah, like Carlos Zambrano. And no, not just for no reason. It's just that we want you to to be healthy. We don't want you to overwork with that, and you know, oh. we're not letting you. Um, maybe maybe Johan in '09 with the Mets. Mm -hmm. I, I think they, they didn't let him pitch that year. And who was the other one? Carlos Zambrano, I think, with the Cubs as well. Like he he didn't pitch in in that tournament. I wanted so. to ask you about the possibility of another Marlon Miguel Rojas playing for Venezuela. How how does that work? Because I know they said they were going to do some time of training camp to choose these guys, if I'm correct, or something uh, like that. It's not. Uh, it it might be a training camp. Um, they, they need like. Let's say like, when you go to spring training and you have the invitees and you have like 60 people in the roster, well, that's exactly what Venezuela has now with 50 players. And Miguel is on that list. Um, they'll be cutting, of course, and they need... There, there's something I, I've, I've heard 
um, that I hope they fix because they need to send that list to MLB and get the permission from the ball clubs. But if oh, yeah. that player, if, if a ball club says, no, we're not allowing him to play, then they cannot use that player and they cannot replace that player with another one. So they got to mm. be, they got to make sure right now who's really going to be able to play to not, I mean, because let's say they ask permission to the Braves for Acuna. That's the easiest example. And the Braves said, no, we're not uh, letting Acuna play and there's no way you can replace him on, on, on the roster. Then it's going to be a problem. Well, I know Miggy's on that list, and and of course he he wants to play. He's getting ready to play now, and and obviously there, there's nothing else that he wants more than than represent his country. But at the same time, Andres Jimenez, won a Gold Glove as a second baseman, had a huge yeah. offensive year. He's going to be probably top five in in AL MVP voting or top six, top seven, and. Of course, he he's the number one candidate because there's no way he's taking Altuve out of second base, and and he's a natural shortstop. So, I see a, a complicated scenario for Miggy. I mean, where he might not be able to play every day, but he might be able to help by being a utility, a defensive replacement guy. Or if they're facing a lefty, they might need Miggy to play. So uh, that's the scenario I see for him. And and maybe maybe it's hard, but it it can happen. So I would say then, it's 50-50. And then finally, any other players in the Marlins roster you think would play besides the ones we've already covered? Um, well, Trevor Rogers USA? No, no, I don't think the the USA. Um, they're stacked. The, the the USA, yeah, they're stacked, and it depends yeah. on, on the pitch. But honestly, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't see any any other right now. Maybe no, Avi, no, Avi Garcia. Avi, Avi is an interesting case. Avi yeah. is an interesting because he had he had such a low season, and obviously, the Venezuela right now is they're not very deep on the outfielders. But Anthony Santander had a good year in right. Um, obviously, Acuna is a center fielder, and Peralta is a Gold Glover in left. Oh, yeah. So, as a four outfielder, maybe would he? Would he go as a forward outfielder, or and 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 not playing with the Marlins that mu- that much, or well, let's say not playing that much in the tournament when he could be playing every day in spring training when where right. he knows that he needs to get better to help the Marlins. That's that's the other part. Um, for example, I don't see Wilson Contreras, uh, William Contreras, making the team because William. He's the th- he might be or he would be the third catcher behind his brother and Salvi Perez. Mm. Oh yeah, and, still, huh? Yeah, Salvi, of course, absolutely, and not playing with the Braves during that time and not being able to take that many at bats during the tournament and losing ground in the Braves. So that's why sometimes you see players staying with their teams and you say, oh, he didn't he didn't make it yet, but. You gotta consider situations like this one. So I'm, I'm sure that maybe William might be the catcher for Team Venezuela in 2026, but um, not not right now because of his situation with the Braves and and the current situation of the Venezuelan roster. 
Yeah, you'd the think Marlins, that, um, catchers is a different situation because you know spring training is so vital to get to know the pitching staff. That yeah. that one, you you really got to be certain. Like a guy like Salvi, you know, you're a veteran. A guy like Wilson, you're a veteran. But you know, William, it really would behoove him to just be in spring training with Atlanta, knowing that he'll probably. I'm not sure where the story's going to be with Darno, but I think it would be with catchers. It makes a lot more sense to you got to be yeah. really you, know, you got to be established with your pitching staff. So if you're first exactly. catching team, it's a it's a different case. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and the last thing I wanted to mention was that the Marlins are playing one of these Miami teams that will be down here. The Marlins will be playing in spring training. Do you no. have any idea who it could be or not yet? Mm, not yet, but um, I've heard that it might be Team Israel. No. 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 So that would make Noah – I would mute Noah during those days <laughs> and probably stay away from him 100%. Um, <laughs> but I know Team Venezuela will – play and and practice in West Palm Beach so that's kind of breaking news I think no one has reported this uh there you have <laughs> it they, they will play in in West Palm makes <laughs> sense especially if they if Omar Lopez stays as an Astros coach because he yeah. he obviously he's managing the team he's managing team Venezuela and he's gonna have have them close I know the Dominican guys will play over the Fort Myers area Port Charlotte obviously makes sense with Rodney Linares being the race bench coach and being the yeah. manager for for the dr so i would expect the marlins playing puerto rico israel and maybe venezuela all right then there you have it and that's exactly where we will end it unless you have anything else isaac no sir thank you so much danny we appreciate the time uh it's always fun with you and maybe in a couple maybe maybe a few weeks we'll get you on during spring training or a couple of months i'm sorry absolutely right. whenever yeah, whenever you guys cool. want it need it um, thank you once again for for having me. I can't wait for the next Jeopardy game. I hope it. When, when are we playing again? Thursday or? I, um... I think I think tentatively, hopefully next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow. But you know, with with all these moves starting to happen a little bit, it might be yeah. tough to do. To yeah, do I, I, I I told I told I I told Eli. Um, I think Eli is behind the scenes. I told Eli, like, here, yeah. once, once the the World Series is over, then I'll be good to go. Yeah, and that's you exactly can blame it on the World Series if you want, or if you just don't want to lose to me, it's okay. You don't no, have to. No. You don't have to play Daniel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> still, all right. Still undefeated by you. <laughs> yeah, you, you. Well, no, you lost to um. Alex I lost Rowe. to Aguirre, but I didn't lose to Isaac. Oh, right. you haven't lost to Isaac, right? Yeah. All right. So from Isaac, from Daniel, myself, Eli, behind the scenes, we'll see you guys all next in the two weeks. Peace out and go fish. We gotta end it off right. Yeah.